Hey everyone, Pastor Kevin, listen, today I have a word from the Lord that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, strengthen you in your journey. All of us need a shot in the arm in our faith, and I believe that word today is going to do that. Take the next few minutes, spread the word, tell your friends and family this message is coming on. I'm believing it's going to change our lives, and I want you to hang on till the end. I'm going to come back and pray for your needs, and I believe God's going to touch today. Let's jump into this word and be blessed. I'll be back soon. I'm not going to take long uh, today, but I want to preach this thought, brainwashed and blood washed. We're going to go somewhere. I announced the the title in Cleveland and people almost left and passed out and, you know, brainwashed. What does that mean? I'll show you in just a moment. Uh, um, I I think we ought to do some uh, doctrinating of our children. Because if you want TikTok, will. I think they ought to be poured into by people who know what the truth is. And today I want us to go there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and then I'm going to take you to chapter 3, and then we'll end in Acts 16. Are you ready to read the scriptures today? Let's read the fourth verse. Uh, Let's start at verse 3. I'm sorry. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine, say genuine, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Second Corinthians, pardon me, Second Timothy chapter 3, and uh, we're going to begin reading it verse 14. Can y'all see that on the screen? Let's read that on the screen together, shall we? Let's. But you, things which you have learned, knowing from whom have learned them. Childhood, you have known the scriptures which are able to make you wise. Amen. Now, that's from the second book of Timothy. Flip over to Acts 16, verse 1, and let's read this two passages together, and then we will jump from this foundation that we are laying with these scriptures today. Acts 16, verse 1, when you have it, say word. Then Paul came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a disciple was there whose name was Timothy. So we just came out of the book of Timothy, second book of Timothy, and this is giving us some background information about the young man to whom Paul has just spoken to in second Timothy. This is before he was a preacher. This is when he was a young teenage boy. And this is the story of how it all happened. Listen to this. He came to Derby and Lystra. Behold, a certain disciple was there. His name was Timothy. He was the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But his father was a Gentile or a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Look at verse 3. Paul wanted to have him go on with him 
And he took him and circumcised, circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And I want to preach today from these passages a thought about brainwashed and bloodwashed. Let's pray for each other. Jesus, help me talk to families today. Lord, I thank you for grace. I thank you for mercy. I thank you for the ability for new beginnings to happen in homes and families. Today, I pray for moms and dads to be encouraged, never tore down, always edified by the word of the Lord. Even as you confront us, Lord, with the word and challenge us with the word, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that today we're going to not just be challenged, but we're going to leave strengthened and ready for this battle. So bless the people today, I pray in Jesus' precious name. And if you love the Lord, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. So today, I want to speak to families through moms, and I felt like it would be important today in light of the full-scale attack that is being waged against our families and launched against our families, I felt like it would be an important day to keep you and I reminded and encouraged that we have a warfare to war, we have a battle to fight, and many times our children are caught in the crosshairs of this cultural assignment of confusion and this attack against the identity of our children. I don't know if you know this or not, but your children are wanted. The enemy wants your children. And he wants them, particularly those that are young and younger, and we'll say, perhaps should I, the enemy wants everyone, but there's a real strategic assignment on, on people on this planet, I would say uh, 18 and younger, there's an assignment, the enemy wants their identity. And you and I have got to be harmless as doves, but wise as serpents. Because we are wrestling principalities and powers and media voices and personalities and sports icons and everybody that has an opinion and they have influence and they have weight when they say something. And the enemy is working through every avenue he can to find entrance into the ears of our children and thus their hearts. Because you and I have an eye gate and an ear gate and the enemy will always seek to come through those gates to enter our heart and corrupt the goodness that God has intended for us to live in. We are living in a day of a full scale attack on our values and our families. If you are feeling that and sensing that, you are not alone. If you are not feeling that and you are not sensitive to that, I think your head is in the proverbial sand because everywhere we look, we see yet another crazy thing breaking out that people have given their affirmation to and now we are encouraging people to find themselves and to experience freedom. Family, true freedom can never be experienced until you come to Christ and make him Lord and surrender your choices to his choice for your life. If you want to find true freedom, you have to surrender your freedom to him and come up under his lordship. And there's an attack on our children in this day. And so I felt like today God wanted me to encourage the moms and the dads here. I know it's Mother's Day. 
and I think I will speak primarily to mothers, but I don't like locking myself into a calendar day where, where we just, you know, uh, we, we forget about everyone else sitting in the room. So I felt like today God said, I want you to preach through the moms, but to the families. I got some things to say to the kids. I got some things to say to the, to the fathers, and I got some things to say to, to the mothers today. Because if we're going to change America, it's not just in having great church services. It's in building strong Christian principles families. Turn some monitor up for me right here, Mr. Salmand, if you don't mind. I want you today to see these texts that I read to you uh, as an encouragement. The first thing I want you to understand, I felt like it would be important for us to establish a biographical sketch of Timothy, his mother, and his grandmother. And we have to sort of pick these pieces of the puzzle from different places in the scriptures and put them together to completely understand the dynamic of Timothy's family so that we understand the significance of what has happened through the grace of God in his life. Because Timothy, uh, I, I think if you can read into this, I certainly don't want to imply my uh, perspective or my, uh, um, my ideas on the text, but I think there's enough there for us to be able to get the sentiment of what is happening and by that, let me explain what I'm saying. First of all, it says that Timothy had a grandmother named Lois who had a daughter named Eunice, and Eunice was Timothy's mother, which makes Lois Timothy's grandmother. It also says in the 16th chapter that um, Eunice's husband, which is Timothy's father, was a Greek. Everyone say a Greek. Now, this is important because what we are intended to see by this is that although Timothy's mom, Eunice, was a believer, she was married to a non-believer. Uh -huh. She was married to someone who wasn't a Christian. And Timothy is in the situation of being raised in a home with a Jewish mom who has come to Christ and a father who has not come to Christ and is not a believer. Had Timothy's dad been a believer, Paul would have told us so when he mentioned the faith of his mother and his grandmother. The fact that he did not mention his father's faith is an indication in all probability that his father had no faith. I want you to think of the implications of such a statement. That Timothy was raised in a family where the mom was saved and the dad was not. And I I want to talk for a few minutes right here to mothers and to wives who perhaps are here this morning without your husband and maybe you're trying to do this Christian thing and you feel like you're all by yourself and you have no help and you wonder, is it going to work? I want to tell you from the scripture today that a believing mama and a believing wife is enough. You don't have to, ha it's wonderful. And let me tell you something, brothers, you shouldn't just come to church on Mother's Day, Easter, and Christmas and show up just at the big three just to be seen. Fathers ought to be leading their families to church and leading their children to Christ. But I want to encourage single mothers in this room today who feel like you're not enough, I want to tell you that greater is he that's in you than the one that is living in this world. God working through you is enough to see your children become everything God intended for them to be. Can I hear one amen in this house? Now, I think it's interesting that although Lois was a woman of faith and she raised Eunice, her daughter, to be a woman of faith, Eunice still made, I think, a questionable decision by marrying an unbeliever. 
you must understand that it is very, very, uh, it is very, very out of the ordinary in that day for a Jewish family to marry a Gentile because they recognized that they could destroy the faith. And she, she, it seems to me from the text that she sort of went out on her own and she married someone who she should not have married. At least that's my perspective. And yet in the middle of that mistake, God is still working. And I felt like I should also encourage some people in this room today that if you feel like you made a mistake, even because your spouse doesn't trust Jesus, follow Jesus, love God, love the church, don't have any spiritual inclination at all, and you're feeling tormented over that, oh, I ruined my life, good things can still come out of your family. God, oh, I need some help right there. God can still work when it seems like there's nothing going right in the family. And I'm going to show you how this happened. I'm going to show you how this this transpires because I need to encourage some families today especially people who are here by themselves and your spouse is not with you you should just keep on trusting God and believing you should just keep on putting God first and keep the faith because God is not going to judge your family based on the lack of your spouse's faith he's going to bless your family based on your faith I need somebody to talk to me on Sunday morning and thank God that God will bless your family because of your faith. Mama, you may be the only one holding on to the scarlet hope, the scarlet thread of hope, but I'm telling you right now, the blood of Jesus still has the power to work for you if you will just keep trusting God. So Timothy is a young man, but it is interesting to me that as, thank you, As he goes through, as we go through these texts this morning, Paul is interested in remembering and reminding Timothy of something that he got some time ago. Here's what I want to tell you. You can go through a battle today and you will have to make a withdrawal on the stuff you were taught years ago. And many times in 2 Timothy, Paul said, I put you in remembrance. I put you into, a. a, I want to remind you. And I felt like today somebody needed to be reminded of some stuff. You didn't get it recently, but it's in your file cabinet in your heart. And you're getting ready to see a breakthrough and a victory because of something you were taught years ago that still has the power to bring freedom into your life. So let me talk to you about three things that Eunice, Timothy's mom, gave him while he was a young man. And I'm telling you this today because so many parents in this room and so many watching me online right now, you don't feel like you can give your child what other parents give their children. And by that I mean the stuff. Maybe you don't think you can give your child the clothes and the shoes and the Jordans and the car and you don't have the money to set your kid up. Now, first of all, let me establish this. I think if you have an inheritance to give your children when you're gone, I think that's a good thing. How many want to be able to bless your children when you leave the earth? Come on. How many want your children to be greater than you were? And as Devin said earlier, your ceiling becomes their floor from which they leap from. Come on, if you were raised and you were broke when you became an adult, how many know it would be a good target and goal for you and I to leave our children something so they don't have to be broke and perpetuate brokenness all their life? How many know the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it? 
So I'm believing that for your family, but I want us to zero in on priority today. Because when you don't think you add up financially or you can't give your kids the kind of life that their friends have, that their parents gave them, I want to tell you this, that a spiritual legacy is greater than a financial legacy any day of the week. And it'd be a shame to be left millions of dollars but still be bankrupt spiritually. And what Paul, what Paul identifies that Timothy has, he says it came from your mama Eunice. And she got it from her mama Lois. And what I want you to see, the first thing that she left in terms of an inheritance is she gave him a faith that was pure. Say a faith that was pure. The King James says, I saw this faith in this unfeigned faith in your mother Eunice and in your grandmother Lois. And the word unfeigned is anipocritos. And anipocritos, if you see it in the Greek, you would see you would be able to understand it. If you put the word anipocritos next to hypocrite, it's the same root word. We get pocritos and hypocrite from the same root word. And when it says that your mother had an unfeigned faith, it literally means an unhypocritical faith. It was pure. Here's what I think Paul is trying to tell Timothy about the faith his mother gave him. She gave you a real, true faith. No hypocrisy. It was the kind of faith that that kept her in the bad times. It was the kind of faith that she demonstrated and lived in the hard times. It wasn't just the Sunday morning kind of faith. I'm not gonna get no help here. It wasn't just the kind of Sunday morning faith that we think about now and associate with Christianity. It was a real deep kind of faith that kept her through the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. Watch this, there was no hypocrisy in his mother's faith, it was pure. I can imagine Eunice was the kind of person that was so real about her faith that when she messed up, she owned her, her, her mistake. Be careful that you don't talk about a faith that you're not willing to demonstrate. We gotta be careful that we don't give God a bad name to our kids because we praise him on Sunday and curse everything else Monday through Saturday. That is not unfeigned, unhypocritical faith. When we blow it, we got to own it and ask God and our family to forgive us. Where's my help in this church? So we do it like this. We say things like this. Well, I, I, was, I was saying this in, in Cleveland this morning. There are people I know that are men who would say, I will never apologize to my family. Well, why wouldn't you apologize when you do something wrong? Because I'm the man of the house. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. It's an earmark of arrogance and pride. And when you blow it royally, you don't get a pass. You actually have to say to your house, your daddy loves God and your daddy loves your family and I made a mistake. Oh, I ain't getting no help in here. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. And you wonder why your kids don't want nothing to do with God sometimes. It's because we talk about a holy God and then we wrap him in an unholy way.
I've had to go to my kids. They're all here. Is that where they were? They left. I don't know. They're taking care of the babies. But I had to go to my kids and say, that was, that was dad and that was dumb. Forgive me. Dad did something dumb. I need you to forgive me. That's real faith. That's real faith. When you do something that breaks your family, can't just move on from it. Because if you really love Jesus, you want it to be right. And I think sometimes we get in this mood and we get in this vein of, of, of spirituality, like, like our spirituality, um, it gets a pat. We, we just treat life like we get a pass. We get a pass. I'm saved. Yes, I did something wrong, but I'm the man or the woman of the house. I don't have to apologize for anything. Yeah, you got to be real and you got to keep your faith pure. If you love Jesus, make things right. If you love Jesus, make things right. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You got, you got, to, you got to keep the faith pure. And here's what else the Bible said about her faith. Not only was it unfeigned, but Paul says, watch, the Bible says, see this, Paul said this faith dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and the word dwelt. Everybody say dwelt. The word dwelt is a Pauline word only used by Paul in the whole Bible and he only used the word five times. And it, and it, and the Greek it's enokeo and it literally means to live in. He only used it five times and in Romans 8 he used it to talk about how the Holy Spirit dwells or lives in you. In 2 Corinthians he taught about how Christ dwells in you richly and he uses that same word dwell in to describe the faith of Eunice and Lois. In other words, her faith lived in her just like Jesus lived in her. Her faith lived in her just like God's Holy Spirit lived in her. This was not something that she got on Sunday morning. This is, y'all ain't saying nothing here. This is something that she got and lived in because it dwelt in. Have you ever met them people, faith just dwells in them? What does that mean? Faith just dwells in them. Here's what it means. It means you don't turn off Christianity when you leave the church parking lot. It means that you live in it, y'all. Uh-huh. You cannot talk in tongues, he na na ta 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 on Sunday and then get on the interstate and cuss out five people and flip birds and go crazy. Your kids are saying that ain't true faith. Unfeigned unhypocritical, true. She trusted God in the good times. She trusted God in the bad times. Even when she made mistakes, she trusted Jesus and she kept her faith. I want to tell you something, mama. If you will keep the faith, good and bad, thick and thin, highs and lows, keep on loving Jesus. We always talk about how the enemy is able to perpetuate. Watch. We always say, oh, the enemy perpetuates. His daddy was his daddy was a bootlegger. He's a bootlegger. Her mama was promiscuous. Now she's promiscuous. And we keep on passing it down the line. If sin is that potent, why are we talking about that more than we're talking about how faith is potent? Lois got it. Eunice got it. And now Timothy's getting ready to be an apostle over an entire region.
What are you saying? I'm trying to tell you, mama, even the mistakes we've made, even the problems we've created, even the stuff we've done wrong, if we will keep the faith, faith can be transmitted from one generation to the next generation. Let me give you some good news. They're not just picking up on your bad habits. They're picking up on your prayer life. They're picking up on your, come on here. They're picking up on your testimony. It is making a difference. So, number one, she gave him a faith that is pure. Secondly, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 14 says, now let me talk to all the teenagers. Where are my teenagers and those younger? Make some kind of noise. Now, okay, Jeremiah Warren, I hear you. It's my guy. All right, watch. Verse 14, teenager, listen to me. Paul is talking to Timothy and he tells him, you must continue in the things you've learned. Mamas and daddies can start the journey, but you gotta continue it. I feel like I'm supposed to tell some precious teenagers today, you're gonna have to get your own faith. You are getting ready to break out of a nest and soar like an eagle, but you will not be able to use your mama's faith to get you into the next season of your life. Some of you are getting ready to go to college. Some of you are getting ready to take a job. Some of you are getting ready to launch out in a career. And I want to tell you, your mother and dad can get, use their faith to help you get to this point, but you have to continue in what someone else, I'm not getting no help in here. You've got to continue in what they helped you start. God will often begin something through your parents that is intended to last after you leave your house. Paul told Timothy, continue in the things. Mother and father taught you. For Timothy, it was his mother. For you, it may be your mother and your father. Who may have been your grandmother and your grandfather. Whoever taught you the truth don't just start in the truth, continue in the truth. Too many people start in Sunday school, but end up on the front page of a magazine with your picture taken because you broke the law. How does that happen? Started out with promise. Now you're throwing your life away, running with the wrong people. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You gotta continue in what was started. God loved you enough to give you a foundation, now jump from it, don't fall down, jump and leap into your destiny. Don't go back to where you were before you started. Come on, touch your neighbor, tell them continue in it. Now watch this. He says, I want you to continue in the scriptures. They are able to make you wise for salvation. And Paul tells Timothy, you have known them from childhood. Amen. This is where I'm gonna preach, right here. If you waiting on me to preach, I'm about to preach right here. Because this is what some would call indoctrination. 
Oh, I feel so sorry. Let me zoom in here. Come on, get in here. I need to talk to some people. I have had enough and heard enough of these crazy people who say that Christian families are indoctrinating their children and brainwashing them by giving them the Bible. I want to tell you right now, if giving my children the Bible, if giving my children the truth, if giving my children Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is brainwashing, then zoom in and sign me up for brainwashing because I'm tired of everybody else in this nation and every other God person who wants their mind trying to indoctrinate them with lies and foolishness when the Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall when Devin and I were raising babies and we are now again I want to first of all tell you something. I've made a bunch of mistakes raising kids. You said, Pastor, you shouldn't tell that. We, uh, we were hoping you were. No. I, I've made a bunch of mistakes. And I've had to ask my kids to forgive me. I've had to ask God to forgive me. I've had to tell the whole family through tears. Yeah, this is so funny. You go, we go to Disney World a couple times a year. You know, and don't send me no email about going to Disney World. I know there's some crazy people at Disney World teaching crazy things, but I'm not taking my kids to Disney World to teach them Sunday school lessons. I go because Mickey is real. Okay? Okay, I, I go to ride the Tron ride and to, come on. If, that, if you're too deep and you're going to get mad at me, don't send me no email. Okay? So a couple weeks ago, we go to Disney World. Happiest place on earth. Okay, that's how they advertise it. Happiest place on earth. Okay, we're going, we're going to all have happiness. First ride. First ride, screaming, wailing, gnashing of teeth. I mean, I, mean, I, am, I act like I didn't know who they were. The whole family melting down, I walked off. I can't do this. Genesis screaming, Asher crying. He don't even know why he's crying. <laughs> and we had to gather the family and say, y'all, let's all chill. We're at Disney World. And we're going to have the time of our life. And I'm sorry for my attitude. And everybody. When one person starts saying I'm sorry, everybody's like, me too, me too. I'm so sorry. Isn't it true? And, and I thought about childhood and the things that happen in the childhood. There, there is a reason why this world wants the mind of your babies. They're not waiting until they become teenagers. I have told you this and I'm warning you. I'm warning you because it's coming. And I'm not warning you because I see it politically. I saw it prophetically four years ago. And I thought when I saw it, it's crazy. This cannot be happening in America. But they're coming for your children and the next thing you're gonna see is a wave of legislation attempt to be approved that promotes pedophilia. Now, you, you, I start talking like this and people draw up. Oh, he going political. If you think that's political, you are a part of the problem. 
because Christians should have the courage to say my family I don't care what side it is this ain't a matter of side this is my baby's future I don't need nobody passing laws for a four-year-old to have a sex change. The only way a four-year-old knows about that is some demon possessed somebody got in their ear and started telling them about your life. It's a devil. We need a revival of sanity in America. Well, it's just the way that, it's just the times we live in. Believe what you want to believe, but I don't accept those times and I will not be a part of joining the fish that are moving in that direction. If I got to swim upstream all of my life, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I need some help or something in this room right now. from a child. I want to say this before I go further. If you missed that season of your child's life, you can't sit here today and beat yourself up. If you say, Pastor, I blew it. I didn't take advantage of this. I'm not here today to condemn you and to tell you there's no hope because how many know God is able to redeem the time? And you can, you, you may not get time back, but with the time you have left, you can make some progress. Come on, church, talk to me. God will work through you if you'll give your life to God. And if you'll give him the rest of your days, he'll help you recover what you lost when you were living in that way. That way. But I can't get away from this. From a child, you were taught the holy scriptures. Now you have to be reminded, Timothy and his mother didn't have a New Testament. All she had was Genesis to Malachi. There was no New Testament in Timothy's day. All she had was Genesis to Malachi. This is good teaching right here. And there was enough in Genesis to Malachi to save his soul. Well, I don't read the Old Testament. I can't find Jesus in there. If you put the Holy Ghost on your eyes, he'll help you find Jesus from Genesis to Malachi. What does that look like from childhood? You were taught the scriptures. I have, I confess for the fourth time, I've made a bunch of mistakes raising kids. But one thing I've never regretted, Carolyn Smith, is the time I invested teaching my babies the Bible. I've never regretted it. If you don't teach them the Holy Scriptures, well, that's indoctrination. No, it's not. It's doctrine. Good, sound doctrine. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Born of a virgin, died on a cross, rose from the dead, coming again. Healer, savior, soon coming king, baptizer in the Holy Ghost. All scripture is God breathed, breathed on by God, given for rebuke, reproof, exhortation, long suffering, and in all doctrine. I am telling you this book is not just black letters on white paper. This is not just another book. This is the word of 
God. It is supernatural in its origin. It is supernatural in its power. If you will believe it, God will use it to turn your life upside down. Put it in your babies. If you want, and I want, if we will not teach our children, TikTok will. Y'all mad at me talking about TikTok. I'm gonna talk about TikTok till you get either ticked off or take it off the talk. I don't care. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds right. every night of their life. And we don't get to do it all now because Jeremiah's moved and Isaiah's college and Zion and Judah are, you know, they're older teenagers. And so some nights with the girls, I still go in and get to go in, read the Bible or quote scripture and pray for them. But every night of their lives when they were babies, and I'm not exaggerating. I've made a bunch of mistakes. Devin, she's not made very many mistakes, but I've made a bunch of mistakes. But I will never regret the time I spent reading them the scriptures. I remember when I was there, they're all not here. They've all left me. I feel like Paul, none stood with me but the Lord. They've all forsaken me. Demas has gone astray. I mean, it's, I look over, my family's disappeared. It's incredible. Happy Mother's Day. Okay. Um, I, I remember Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zion, Judah. If I brought them in now, Jeremiah and Isaiah could quote John chapter one from beginning to end. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him that was made. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shone in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. There was a man who was sent from God who was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that. I could go on. Actually, I couldn't. That's about as much as I know. But Jeremiah and Isaiah, Zion and Judah can quote the whole chapter. Do you know how long that took? Weeks, months, going to the kitchen table in the breakfast time. What's the next part? Do we have to do? If you want to eat, open your mouth and quote the Bible. There is a very close line between being a pastor's child and a hostage situation. You should be ashamed of yourself, they would say. You brainwashed your children. I did. I'm here to confess something to you today. I brainwashed my children. I brainwashed them with the word until the blood washed them and made them free. And they're not perfect. And they've made so many mistakes. We all have. I was telling this story. I could tell a story about all of my children, and I'm thankful for that. I could talk about, you know, Isaiah 
his John the Baptist, you know, he's camel hair and locusts and wild honeys. Rapping. Oh, we don't know about rapping. I do. It's okay. It's different. But he told me one day, Dad, I'm, I may not do this for a long time, but while I'm doing it, I'm going to reach people you may never reach. And you know what he did? He reached some people I never reached. I, I remember Jeremiah, Devin and I, several months ago, we go to Washington, D.C. He's got, he works at this global think tank in Washington, D.C., 21 years old. I go to D.C. for this conference. I go in and there's senators and congressmen and he's leading them around. I'm talking about the senators and congressmen of our nation. 21 years old and he's walking them through the hotel. I'm like, he knows people. Turns around and gets cussed out. Handles it like a boss. If it had been me, It would have been one of those, pick him up, dad, sorry. It was a horrible mistake I made, but. Pick him up, Bill, Benny Hinn, pick him up, Bill. Oh, never mind, okay. Just pick him up. Come on, laugh, my God, just joy. It's just joy, it's okay. Benny's my buddy, all right? Well, bros, listen. I'm watching this happen. He handles it like a boss. And I'm thinking, how does he do that? 21 years old, I would have been like, where's the bathroom? You know, I've got to, <laughs> sick. He just handles it. And I think about how it happens that from childhood, you were taught the Holy Scriptures. So I think some families in here today need to make up their mind. Are we going to be cool or are we going to be Christians? Because I'm not sure cultural relevance is high on the totem pole in Christianity. And I want to tell you moms and dads, I recognize it's a challenge. Because the world wants your children. And your children don't understand why you love them and protect them. And you say, you can't, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Or you can't, you can't go there. Well, my friends. So let me help the parents by talking to the teenagers for a moment. Your friends, the ones that you covet, the ones who you want to follow, teenagers, the ones who are going to places that they shouldn't be going, doing things they shouldn't be doing, they actually want a parent that loves them enough to say, you can't do that. I've told this story a couple times. I'm closing here. For some reason, my, my mom who, and dad, who were, again, just precious, my mom was a is a tremendous mother still. And so much of what I have or whatever God's doing in my life is because of the lessons I learned there. Well, for whatever reason, my junior year, 
of high school, my mom let me go to Panama City Beach. It was the devil. And I was going with another pastor's son, so she felt good about it. It was Sodom and Gomorrah. I will never forget laying in Panama City Beach, a 17-year-old boy, and what most teenagers would say, this is the life. No adults, 4,000 teenagers, a beach, sun, and all the Budweiser you could want. And I remembered laying in the bed one night, begging God to let me get home. Lord, don't let me die and go to hell in Panama City Beach. If I'm going to die and go to hell, at least let it be from Chattanooga. I'm kidding. I was so convicted and no one understood it. I would sit in the room and not, I didn't want to be so, I was sick. Why were you sick? Because the Holy Scriptures. You may say, I can't give my kids all they want. I can't provide like they want me to provide. I can't give them the latest shoes and the newest clothes. Listen, I want to tell you what to give them. Love them and give them the Bible. Oh, there's so much more. Yeah, and when you get it, it ain't worth having. But you'll never regret having the Bible down in your heart. The, the first thing, amen, let's give God praise for that. Come on. The first thing she gave him was a pure faith. The second thing she gave him was a powerful word. And the last thing she gave him, as we transition, she gave him permission to seize his purpose. Play so. Can you imagine being a teenage boy living in a town called Lystra? If you know anything about Lystra, according to Acts 16, Timothy was raised in his hometown of Lystra. If you research it and study it, you'll find that Lystra was a very pagan city. There were so few Jews in Lystra that they didn't even have enough Jews to create a synagogue, which means that the God influence of Lystra was relatively minute and microscopic. It was full of evil. There were pantheon gods and statues of Zeus and altars to Herme. And there was idolatry everywhere you looked in Lystra. She was literally raising her baby in hell's headquarters. And in the middle of that kind of evil city, a mama would pull her son close and would open up the Bible and read him the scriptures. And something was getting down inside of him. And one day, that boy, raised in that kind of culture, had become a Christian young man, and an apostle dropped by and knocked on the door. I can see him now. This is my mind's eyes. It's, it's, it's not in the Bible, but I don't think it breaks the, the accuracy of the word. I see Paul dropping by, knocking on the door. We heard Timothy lived here. He's got a great reputation in the community and we understand that he knows the word and he loves Jesus. I'm Paul 
and I'm going on a missionary journey and I want him to go with me. Can you imagine being Eunice? All those nights of giving him the word, all those times she prayed for her baby, all those days she wondered if he would survive the culture. And now the apostle knocks on your door and says, I have a purpose for your son. Here's the last point I want to give you. Mom, there comes a point, point in your life when you have to release them so that everything you poured into them can manifest in their future. If you hold on to your child forever, you'll hurt your child. You didn't prepare your child to stay in a nest. You prepared your child to soar. And I feel like before I close, I'm supposed to tell a mama, you haven't been perfect, mama. None of us have. But you poured in some good seed. And now it's time to release them to go do what God's called them to do. This isn't for every mother. If they're 12, they're not ready yet. <laughs> Just hold on, okay? But he's 26 years old. Let him go. Release. Bless him. Bless her. I'm so scared, Pastor. Trust the word. Because the word will keep them when you're sleeping and can't. So what we're going to leave our children, it's going to make a difference in their life. We're going to leave them, leave them a pure faith, a powerful word, and we're going to position them to walk in their purpose. And when it's time, we got to trust God and release them. If you feel guilty while I've been preaching today, and you would say, Pastor, I have just blown it as a parent. I didn't take the time necessary to pour into my children, and I, I really am feeling guilty and regret that now. I want to give you this opportunity to just whisper, Lord, forgive me, and help me with the days I have left. And I want to tell you right now, he's going to. i got faith for you today that no matter what the past looks like, the future is going to get a whole lot better. And if you're a mom or a dad in this room today having a hard time releasing your children, I'm going to pray for you today. Because you're going to get the courage, as Pastor Devin said earlier, and you're going to be able to release your child. Can you imagine Timothy, young teenage boy, getting on the back of a horse and following the Apostle Paul? And later when Paul needed a pastor over an over an exploding, vibrant church. Who did he go tap on the shoulder? Timothy! Let no man despise your youth. Don't live in fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. When you feel like giving up, Timothy, don't forget the faith your mom had. Don't forget the faith your grandmother had. Don't forget the word she gave you. Continue in it. I want to tell this family, this church family, one thing as you stand, I'm through preaching. I want to tell you something. It's going to be all right. 
I feel like I'm supposed to release that to you before we go today. It's going to be all right. Well, pastor, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. I'm telling you, the world can do whatever it wants. And I'll do all that I can to preach the truth so that the world may come out of their sin. But as for me and my house and as for you and your house, we're here to declare we're going to serve the Lord. It's going to be, come on, tell your neighbor, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Listen, if you've made some mistakes, don't let the devil mess with your mind. It's going to be all right. God's going to take the seed you sowed and give you a harvest that's going to blow your mind. It's going to be all right. Bow your heads, lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Lord, we need help today. In times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need truth. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the prayers of moms and dads. I pray for mothers and fathers in this room today and I target the mothers. Lord, I thank you that a spirit of condemnation and guilt will not overcome them. I thank you that with the days they have remaining, they're going to accept a grace to pour in precious holy seed to their sons and daughters. It's gonna work. I declare it's gonna work. The word has power. And I pray that young hearts would begin to come open to the word in this house. Help me pray right there. I pray for young hearts to come open to the word of God. I pray for a hunger for the scripture and a hunger for the word to come on our people. I pray that our sons and daughters would not be indoctrinated with a devilish culture, but they would be indoctrinated with the word of truth and love the Bible, love the God of the Bible. I break off of our children every mind-binding spirit that has attempted to blind them and deafen them and close them off. I pray now that their heart becomes sensitive and tender. Lord, teach us how to use the word to wash our hearts and our minds. And let us be thankful to you today, oh God, that the, the scriptures are able to make us wise to the saving of our soul. I declare, I'm going to say this, thank you, Holy Spirit. I declare you and your house are not going to hell. You and your house are going to serve the Lord. Somebody ought to praise God right there. Some of you are worried about your children and you're worried about their future. I think you ought to praise God that the seed you sown, come on, the Bible said train a child. Train a child in the way they go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. It doesn't mean that they won't go out. It just means that when they do, they're coming back home and they're not going to stay lost forever. I need someone to give God thanks. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Take your neighbor by the hand, Lord. Seal the word today. Bless our families today. I bless every mama in this room to make a deposit of pure faith, to make a deposit of powerful words, the word of the Lord, and to be able to position their children. Come on, mother, receive this grace as I pray it. Give them the grace to, pos to position their children to walk in their purpose so that their child becomes everything you have called them to be, oh God. If you receive that, Mama, I need you to make some noise right now to God and give him thanks. Come on. Listen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're in this room and you'd say, Pastor Kevin, I need to give my life to Christ. 
I want to get right with God. I'm away from God and I need to give him my heart. I don't care if you've messed up a million times. I don't care if you've tried it and fallen down and now you think, I don't even know if this works. I break the lie off your mind. It will work. The blood still has power. And if you're in this room today and you'd say, Pastor Kevin, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm counting to three. I just want you to lift your hand up so I know who to pray for. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to get my life on track and I need to do it this morning. When I say three, if I'm talking to you, lift your hand. One, two, three, right now. God bless every one of you with your hand up. God bless every one of you with your hand up. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Everyone look at me. Look at the person on your left and right and ask them one question. I don't care if you've known them your whole life or you never met them before today. Ask them one question. Do you need someone to go to the altar with you and pray? If you lifted your hand or you should have, when your neighbor asks you that question, I want you to come out of your seat and come meet me right here. We're going to pray and God's going to change your life today. I I feel conviction, Pastor Kevin. I want to give my life to Christ. Anybody at all? Come on. You lifted your hand or you should have. God bless you, pal, for coming. Come on. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on, sir. God bless you for coming. God bless you for coming. Somebody tell them you love them while they come. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I know the hour. I know you got dinner plans for mama. Go do it. But if you're staying, I want you to stretch your hands toward this altar. I want you to pray for these precious people who've come to pray right now. Let's pray for them. May the Lord bless and keep you. Father, we thank you for lives that are going to be changed today. Decisions that are being made. People who are giving their heart and life to Christ. We thank you that where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And I bless these sons and daughters who've come today to live a different kind of life because their life is going to be changed by your power. Bless them in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Maria, help me right here, sweetheart, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As these continue to pray and you got to go, you be dismissed as you go. Go in the peace of God. Those who remain, I want you to continue to pray for these families. The Lord bless and keep you. Happy Mother's Day. Hey family, I believe God is touching hearts right now. The preached word of God causes the lost to come to Christ. I believe someone's watching. Maybe you feel a million miles away from God. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've never been in church. Listen, I want to tell you that doesn't matter where you are in life right now. If you want Christ to save you, no matter what you've done and no matter how long you've been doing it, if you'll turn your heart to him, he'll save you right now. I want to leave you in a prayer. Say, dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I'm asking you to save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Lord, come in and be the king of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to rescue me today. In Jesus' name, by faith, I believe that I'm saved and a child of God. Amen. Listen, friend. I know that's a simple prayer, but I believe with all of my heart, salvation is as simple as turning from sin and turning to Christ. If you did that today, I want to pray that God give you a strong Bible-believing church. I want you to go to KevinWallace.tv, learn how the resources that we have can help you in your journey. Listen, we want to pray for you. Drop us a line on the prayer request. Let us know you gave your heart to Christ, and our team's going to be praying for you this coming week. You're going to get stronger. You're going to grow deeper in your love for God. You're going to become everything he put you on this planet to be. 
I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless.